0: Was and, it scary
1: uh, at the time to, Like for you? Because I feel like every time I talk to like the, the other generations of comics or whatever, packing up and leaving seems to be like a thing that everybody just did. Like you you grabbed all your shit, threw it in a car, and you had no clue. That's exactly right. Wow. I, I
2: packed up all my shit in my little Datsun. It was a D- 1971 <laughs> Datsun. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Before it became Nissan. And uh, uh, I drove out, and I was so excited. And I left the house in Syracuse, and I got down to Rochester. My car quit. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and I started crying. I, I said, oh. "God does not want me to do this." <laughs> this Tokyo tonight.
1: Tokyo Tonight. Hey. Hey, hey, hey Hey! how are you man
2: i'm feeling uh, uh, solid
1: i'm great good. <laughs> <laughs> solid's good solid's real good considering yeah um how you doing man? you you really do you can do like literally everything it's crazy you can act you got voiceovers you've been doing stand-up forever and you're a drummer and now you're also doing magic when are you gonna stop
2: well, uh, 15 minutes ago, I was sweeping the kitchen for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's... Actually, uh, I've, I've been blessed with a, a, lot, a lot of different potpourri of things in my career, I suppose. What was uh, the first
1: thing you were interested in when you were younger? Uh,
2: well, the first thing I did as a kid was play the drums.
1: Nice. Oh, I, nice. I
2: learned to play the drums when I was about six, and I started to study and um started to get pretty good by the time i was 10 and 12 and uh by the time i was in high school i was you know i was in bands and all through college and uh so uh yeah the drums uh, holds a close place to my heart
1: was that what you you wanted to be in a band that was your goal
2: i don't think so i think i always wanted to do something to be funny you know
1: oh that's cool do you remember like the first time like you realized you want to be a stand-up
2: uh, well, uh, yeah, probably in high school. Uh, I remember that I'd always heard about when I was a little kid going to camp, mm-hmm. uh, I, I had heard about somebody jumping out the windows of their high school. <laughs> so <laughs> I, was ta- I was taking physics. if You can believe that. Ooh. Uh, and, uh, uh, they handed out a test and I had already gotten into college and I just screamed and said, I can't take this test. And I, I jumped out the window. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my God! Did 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 they at least appreciate it?
2: Uh, uh no. Uh, I I did about three months uh, downtown.
1: And, oh. Uh, shit. <laughs> 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 no,
2: everybody in the class laughed except the teacher. You know.
1: Right. We had one kid. They didn't. How how far was the drop? Uh, about this far. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> No, that's good. That's not bad though, because when I was when I was in high school, my freshman year, we had a kid who went out the window and he walked yeah. away. and went to his. It was senior year. Yeah. Or his yeah. I think it was his senior year, basically. And he sure. was in our he was on our classroom exam, and uh, and he got done, handed it in, and then started to walk to the back of the room. The teacher just went, "Where are you going?" And he opened the window and then got out. And she goes, "When you got to go, you got to go." <laughs> <laughs> that was it. We were all like, "Is that all he gets?" Oh, that's great. Was, She was like 80, 80 something years old and didn't give a fuck. And I loved that. That was like my first like idea that adults also don't care about school. Like the other, other teachers pretended.
2: Wasn't all those teachers like that. They were all about in their late sixties or seventies. And they had those little black shoes on. Yes. They had those little black shoes and uh, you you just, you just wanted to put, uh, you you know, vomit in the back of the room. and
0: (laughs) wait, Wait till the
2: janitor cleaned out the room,
1: you know?
0: Right, everybody's yeah. Everybody's
2: gotta leave. Everybody's <laughs> to leave now. Gotta clean up the vomit with this uh, broom.
1: Yeah, we used to. Um, her name was Mrs. Cotter, and she was she was notoriously like single because she, you know, she'd been divorced like God, I don't know how many times, and she had a twin sister. Like she had a real mythology about her. But the crazy <laughs> thing was that is that she she people like when we got to school, she was like, "This woman hates men." So right off the bat, you're fucked. And she she did take a liking to me or whatever, but she literally went around the room at one point and told all the male students which ones were going to go bald. She was like, you're going to go bald. You're going to go bald. And we were just like, this woman's ruthless. It was not. Yeah. She was a hair specialist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in her spare time. Uh, yeah, she was kind of crazy. And she would do like all the other teachers would talk about her too, which was always weird because they would be like, We not to us, but like you'd hear them kind of talking to each other and they'd be like, yeah, fucking Cotter almost killed me in the parking lot. She's doing like 90. (laughs) (laughs) And and I was like, this woman is amazing. Uh, How how old was Cotter? She was like 80 something, 85. Like she was just she was she was golden. She was on her way out. She didn't care. Boy, she wanted to teach. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. I feel like she got to
0: teach a long time. She was probably two years from retirement
1: yeah oh yeah she used to she used to love me too because i just didn't care i was one of those students that would leave and wander the hallways and then like there were specific teachers that she hated so like if one of them hated me she would just love me like she'd be like he's with me because they would try to like, get me in trouble or whatever and be like what are you doing wandering the hallways and she'd just be like he's with me fuck you <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: just like this is amazing yeah i was in
2: trouble in 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 grade school i was the first person to actually be suspended from edward smith school in syracuse new york wow what'd you do nothing i just probably talked in class and and the principal said if i see you down here one more time you're a ghost (laughs) they sent me home i couldn't come back without my mother and she didn't care
1: uh, yeah, <laughs> you know what's sad is that I feel like uh, the youth today is gonna miss out on all the horrible shit teachers would say to us when we were younger. Oh,
2: I, I remember stuff that teachers did. To, if they did it today, they'd be, you know, they'd be, in, they'd be in jail.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they were some of the best. Honestly, though, those are the ones you remember, and they were some of the best teachers. I had a, I had a one that I still talk to to this day. Uh, she's retired now. She was a world lit teacher that we had, and if we were talking during class. There'd be a shoe that would fly past your head. Ooh. And it was a couple times where it would make con- it, you would like that almost fucking made contact. <laughs> but like my, none of us cared. We thought it was great. My fourth grade
2: teacher was Miss Dexter, and I loved her. She was great. But oh. she she had every compunction, uh, no, no hesitation in walking back and just slapping the piss <laughs> at her. <laughs> I, I'm serious. She just goes, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> holy shit yeah i mean kids were dizzy after after the class you know wow I mean.
1: that's crazy yeah some of the shit people would get a uh, people would i had i mean my friends had uh um uh, horror stories with some teachers. Or my family, mean, my family members, especially like my dad, yeah. With my dad's whole family. I'm from Brooklyn originally. Right. And uh, and my dad, you know, they all went to P 180, whatever the fuck the name of the school <laughs> yeah. is, you know, whatever the fuck the school is. But they had like night. I mean, those teachers, I don't know, like I think they used to box their children, you know, back in the day, <laughs> like if they were they were allowed to do that. I like some of the horror stories I hear are nuts. But yeah, I miss the smart ass teachers.
0: So I, I'm so curious. What when did you make the transition into comedy and acting like when did you feel like it was you know this is what i'm gonna do because you went to john hopkins right
2: uh yeah i went to johns hopkins university and uh there was some confusion about my grade point average but i managed to get out of there (laughs) (laughs) it's an old george miller joke
1: oh that's great uh
2: (laughs) i was in college and I, i i had gotten pretty good at doing sleight of hand magic especially with cards Mm-hmm. And my father was one of the best in the country. And so he had imparted to me kind of what he knew. And then when I got to Baltimore, Maryland, I met a few guys that were super good and they nice. showed me a lot of stuff. And so by the time I graduated, I, I had already visited a place in, in, in Hollywood called the Magic Castle.
0: Wow. That's the top of the top. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: And, wow. and I, had, I had actually performed there when I was actually too young to get into the Magic Castle.
0: Wow! Yeah, so I
2: I really had a a yen to do magic, and uh, and I thought what I would do for a livelihood would be a funny magician.
1: Oh, nice! And then one
2: night I was at the comedy store, uh, just watching, and it was like 1974. I'm old man, really old. And uh, I, I walked. There was there was not enough comics to go on that night.
1: Wow you can believe it i was and gonna I say over... yeah nowadays it's like you, you know okay. they're a- every street corner
2: yeah yeah well anyway i walked over to mitzi shore and i said uh hello miss shore my name is jeff altman i'm from syracuse new york i just got out here and i do a few impressions uh w- would it be okay if i went up on stage since there's no one left to get up <laughs> you know? and she said well all right altman go ahead you can try it and I went up <laughs> on stage And I, and I did some impressions and she said, well, you can come back. And. Wow. Wow. The the rest is history. Oh,
1: was it, do you remember who your crew was back then? Like who you hung out with?
2: Well, let's see that in 74, there wasn't much of a crew by 75. Letterman had come out. Nice. And I don't think Leno was there yet. George Miller, Johnny Witherspoon.
1: Oh, Uh, nice. Um,
2: Roger Bear, Roger and Roger, the comedy team, mm-hmm. and he had come out and, uh, and then I came out. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, yeah, that, those are the guys that I was hanging around with primarily.
1: That's cool. Was there? Did you sense like because everybody that's come on has talked about either comedy store or the improv? Was there still that? Did you really sense like a rivalry between the two? Were you not allowed to work other rooms, or were you one of those guys that went in between?
2: You could. I I I went in between a little, but I was mostly a comedy store guy. Okay. Yeah. I uh, there were and and you know of course when Robin came out and and uh, Leno came out, Leno did both, mm-hmm. Robin did both. Um you know you you could do both if you were uh, especially well known right but, but uh most of the guys kind of picked one and stayed there
1: right was it hard you cuz 74 75 that was right before um Watches the strike <laughs> <laughs> it was right it was right before the strike right
2: uh strike was i think in 78 78
1: not. okay so where you where were you on that like did you wind up did you cross the picket line Like, what was that like no no i, I was i was on the line uh, david
2: david and i uh, walked the uh the picket line together and uh wow um, i remember mitzi shore driving in one night and seeing me and letterman standing there and she got very depressed uh. we, we were two of her kind of favorites and uh, she was really really uh, upended by seeing us walk, you know, walking a picket line.
1: Yeah, but it had to be done. I mean, from whatever yeah. thing. Yeah. Was it true the Leno story that they always tell about him uh, faking getting hit by a car and that's when Mitzi caved? I think so. Wow. I
2: think there's some truth in that. That's crazy.
1: I'm not yeah, positive. I...
2: I didn't witness it. Okay. It, it is a legend.
1: Yeah. It right. It is. It's some. That's one of the things that everybody says uh, almost immediately. My first time at the store was like in 2015. And I, cause I'd moved out to LA and I contacted Carl above, who was a friend of mine and oh, he was like he was
2: a dear friend of mine.
1: Oh, he's, he was the best man. Wasn't he so, just the greatest abs sweetheart? Just and an funny? absolute sweetheart. Oh, yeah. Crap was he funny? Oh my God. I remember I w- he was in New Jersey for a while and uh, well, he was in New York, but he would like do the Jersey circuit when I started doing stand up. and he took a liking to me and he and I worked together like a bunch of times when he was out here. Wasn't he uh, just
2: a, the nicest man you ever met?
1: Absolutely. When I, that was the thing when I first got out to LA he was like have you been to the comedy store yet and I was like no not yet I want to go and he was like don't go yet I'll, I was like he's like I'm doing uh it's like Alan Steven and I are going there on whatever the date was coming up he's like at midnight and he's like be there and I was like all right and of course I got there at midnight and it was fucking it was it was it was crazy it was fucking the best yeah oh, they started yeah. they started doing um I mean you know uh, they both went up individually and then at the end we hung around till like one, you know, two o'clock in the morning and he kept going. This is when the magic happens. This is when this is when it gets really whatever. And sh- sure enough, man, uh, they started improvising on stage with the other comic that was there, you know, doing all the like from diff- they took like different sides of the rooms, uh, you know, whatever. And then just started shouting and coming back and like kind of messing around with the audience a bit. It was amazing. It was crazy. Brody yeah. Stevens was in the back. Wow. Yeah, it was weird. It was so great, man. It was like I it was a great introduction to the store. I'll bet. I'll yeah, bet.
2: and that was 2015.
1: 2015 was my first time there.
2: Yeah, that's the year I left LA.
1: Oh, really? Why'd wow. you leave LA? I, uh, why? Yeah. Uh,
2: to marry a girl that I oh. knew in high
1: high school. Actually. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Wow. Yeah. How, how did never that? Ever...
2: No, never did you Never dated her when I was in high school, but uh, I. Um, I uh, met up with her in Vegas uh, doing uh, uh, the Laugh Factory, and she came out with her daughter, and uh, we fell in love, and uh, next thing I know, I'm living in Raleigh, North Carolina.
1: Wow. Now. That's great, wow. man. Good for you. That's, that's what we call the long game. High school to now, that's good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's real good. Nothing in between, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's
1: great that's incredible when was your do you remember what you what made you move out to la in the first place yeah the
2: magic castle Uh, it was a magic castle yeah the magic castle is is and was the mecca for magicians in the united states if you were any good at all that's where you packed up your car and you went out to los angeles and tried to work at the magic castle and uh so that's what i tried to
1: do and, was it scary uh, at the time? Do like for you? Because I feel like every time I talk to like the the other generations of comics or whatever, packing up and leaving seems to be like a thing that everybody just did. Like you you grabbed all your shit, threw it in a car, and you had no clue. That's exactly right. Wow!
2: I I packed up all my shit in my little Datsun. It was a D- 1971 <laughs> Datsun. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Before it became Nissan, and uh, uh, I drove out and I was so excited, and I left the house uh, in Syracuse, and I got down to Rochester, my car quit.
0: <laughs> oh man!
2: <laughs> and I started crying. I, I said, oh. "God does not want me to do this."
1: <laughs> and, and you uh, had no cell phones back then, either. What'd you do? Uh,
2: yeah, I don't know. I, I pulled off to the side of the road, waited about 15 minutes. My car started, and I got myself at least to the middle of Texas. And my car quit again. Uh-huh. <laughs> I had a bad carburetor, and uh, they fixed it. And I and I got to LA uh, five days later. Wow.
1: And what was the transition like from you doing that kind of stuff to when you were like, I've got enough material now to go out on the road? Was that like a, a, a well, turning there was. point?
2: When I started, John, there was no road. Oh, wow. There, there was no road, really. There, I mean, there was, there was the Playboy Clubs. And mm-hmm. uh, I guess there was some opening situations where you would open for someone. Right. But there was no, uh, you know, only about as we approached 1980 or so, did people start thinking to themselves, Hmm, I could do this. I could bring in three guys and uh, set up a club and call it Comedy Yucks, and
1: <laughs> you know, I know the names are terrible, oh. like the Laugh Tit or whatever. You know what I mean? You're like, <laughs> oh, all right, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even want to promote it. You're like, oh, all right, yeah. I don't have to tell anybody. Uh, yeah, th- was it like? Because I feel like uh, you know, from all the books and stuff I've read, it seemed like you guys got paired up with a lot of musicians. Um. Was that because you had the same agents or they were just like musicians needed an opening act and comedians were the easiest to go with?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I opened for the captain and Tennille. Boy, oh no I way. Bad. That's awesome. And I opened for cool and the gang, as we mentioned. Uh, yeah. And I opened for, oh God, uh, all, all kinds of folks. That's uh, awesome. and, uh, yeah, that was, that was the big gig in those days was opening. And then the club started opening around 79, 80, and then, you know, you, you, you'd headline uh, and, uh, you know, you would just travel around the country through the eighties. Mm. And, uh, by the nineties, I was doing a fair amount of television. And, uh, so I, I kind of got out of the club scene and I mm. never really got back into it. Like I should have.
1: Did you, so did you miss it though when you were out there? Because I feel like that was the kind of the, the, the trajectory. It was like, stand up for a little bit, maybe go out on the road. And then boom, you got TV stuff.
2: Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, use Letterman as an example. I mean, he knew exactly what he wanted to do the minute he walked in, into Los Angeles. Right. You know, he knew he would have to do stand up in order to get a TV show and, 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 and then host his own show. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, um, my mine was different. I just wanted to work. And the first work I got really was in commercials. I did, I did a lot of commercials and, um, And I did a lot of guest stars on TV shows and then started doing films. I I just kept my fingers in all the pies. Right. And boy, did my fingers smell
1: good. (laughs) (laughs) Were your parents kind of supportive of the whole thing? Your dad was a really great magician. Yeah, my dad
2: was one of the best sleight of hand artists in the country. And with a deck of cards, he was just uh, unusually good. Mm. Uh, And people from all over the country would come to our house in Syracuse to visit him uh, in an effort to learn something. And so I would see all these magicians come in. And then by the time I got to high school, he started teaching me stuff. And then when I got down to Baltimore in college, I met some guys and they, they, uh, they helped augment what I already knew. And uh, so I got better and better and better. And then I moved to California in 74, as I mentioned before.
1: That's cool. Did they get to come see you like, uh, you know, do magic or do stand up? Um, yeah I was start. So I really did more stand up in the beginning than I did you know work at the castle uh, okay and I
2: told you the the story at the comedy store and, mm-hmm. and after that I just I just hung on you know and just just stayed there and developed an act and after about a year I started getting on you know talk shows
1: oh, and that's when your parents I, saw you like make it like kind of they realized well, you were good
2: they in, in Syracuse New York they didn't carry the Merv Griffin. Trip. <laughs> <laughs> So so my father and I had to get in a car. I was visiting. It was back around Christmas time, I guess. We had to drive all the way, about 60 miles east uh, on the throughway and uh, get in front of a TV. And sure enough, there I was doing just grade C stand up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard it referred to like that, but that's perfect.
2: Yeah. And then after after that, after Merv, I started doing the Mike Douglas show, and then the Tonight Show, and then the Letterman Show, and then, uh, well, in 1980, I actually had my own show on the air, which lasted for about four weeks. (laughs) It was called Pink Lady and Jeff. It was voted the 35th worst television show (laughs) in the history of television.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's the best. That's a great honor, though. Come on.
2: Yeah, and the the girls uh, came from Japan, where they were like the Beatles. Oh. And, yeah, they sang and, and did concerts and stuff. Wow. And and uh, I remember going into their dressing room the first day and saying because yeah, we had been told they spoke perfect English,
1: right? And, and <laughs> uh,
2: so I went into the girls' dressing room. I said, "Well, girls, how was the flight over?" And they said, "Hello, Jeff." <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: and I, I i knew we were up Shits creek yeah
1: and you're like oh this is going to be the 35th worst show <laughs> <laughs> from then it was clear on in yeah.
0: you had some legends on that show though i was I, yeah. like sid caesar it was, well, i was I, seeing pictures and I,
2: I had the time of my life i got to work with sid caesar and jerry lewis and uh uh, uh geez a lot a lot of people i mean a lot of people that are no longer here right yeah. Red buttons and uh um uh you start in Dallas. Who am I thinking of?
1: Oh, G- um <clears throat> oh my god, uh Larry Hangman? No Larry Hagman, yeah Larry Hagman. there we go.
2: We have a winner, ladies and gentlemen, no more
1: <laughs> You know what's sad? Is I have, I struggle remembering my own guests on the show, but I remembered Larry Hagman. It's gonna be real. <laughs> like your episode. third
0: grade teacher you do everything about it it blew my mind
1: <laughs> i know it's real bad it's i don't know what it is i have i have no clue i maybe i'm dying i have no
0: idea <laughs> i hope i hope not i hope well me too <laughs> have uh, you ever worked with uh richard turner because i know he's another sleight of hand but isn't that funny he has a special on right now on hulu oh.
2: uh uh and i just watched it and uh it's pretty good. And uh, Richard Turner, of course, is a uh, blind. Did you know yeah. that? Yeah. And uh, he's very, very good with cards. And um, I am not friendly with him. In fact, I don't know if I've ever met him.
0: Mm. Oh, you know, I was going to I was wondering if maybe he had learned from your father, because I feel like he's been in the that would be like almost like the right amount of time span. Right. Like right in there when your dad was top. No, of his no, no. Game. no. My,
2: my dad was mu- was old enough to be his father.
0: Wow. Well, that's what I'm saying. So if people were learning, I feel like a young Turner might have had a chance to, because I know the Magic Castle is like the, I heard Milton Burroughs in the Magic Castle is on the wall, was, on yeah. wall. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that I didn't either. Know that. Have that, I would not
2: imagine that. Yeah. he. he uh, I asked, my uncle also did magic. My uncle was a pretty famous guy. He was the uh, head Eastern talent scout for MGM from 1926 to 1959. Mm. And uh, he discovered a lot of people Joan Crawford uh, uh, and Bob Hope and Jimmy Stewart and a, lo- a lot of people.
0: Wow, a lot, a lot of, of talent people. in your family.
2: So I, I Milton Burrow came on a show I was on in 1976, and I walked over and I said, Did you know my uncle Al Altman? And he goes, Oh, yeah, Cod Tricks, Cod Tricks. That's all Cod Tricks. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: oh, my God. Uh, he was was out Carson? His strong. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've heard Either it's a myth Or it was real I don't know The amount of people That I, that say have seen it I don't know If they're just in on it Or what And then other people Are like Eh hey, was that right <laughs> I, I heard
2: it was like An anaconda
1: That's what I That's what anybody Who's seen it Who's yeah. talked to me Is like It was frightening And then and he, other people I don't know Yeah
2: And, and it, there was no hesitation In taking you into the bathroom And giving you a full display As where a party pilot- <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that's what you want, you know, really. It's just a Miller right. Dick.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know what's surprising is the amount of dudes who talk about it. I'm like, are you guys all right? <laughs> <laughs> like, why is that a weird topic of conversation? Um, I got to ask about Carson because I know you did Carson or whatever. Were you one of the guys who was enamored by him? Because I've only met, I'm not met, but like every, every comic from the eighties raves about Carson, except, Larry David, who doesn't seem to, who was never on it. And I guess Peter LaSalle told him he would never be on it. So I feel like there's some gripe there, but he's the only one I was, who was ever kind of like, ah, eh, Carson, what's the big deal?
0: <laughs>
2: well, Larry, Larry can get away with it. I mean, geez, Larry's uh, so right. big, you know, huge yeah, huge, yeah, you know, but um, Carson was when, for the guys like myself who came out to Hollywood in the late seventies and middle seventies uh, and, and early eighties, You know, that was kind of the goal. You get on Carson and boom, you have a career. Right. Um, You guys remember Freddie Prince? Sure. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, he did the Carson show and the next day he had like a series. You know, it was, uh, it was, those were the days when one shot, a great shot on The Tonight Show could make a career. Right. You know, and Johnny was, uh, Johnny was always funny. You could tell whether he liked somebody right away. Uh, This is him really liking somebody. Uh, geez, that was, that was, uh, that was pretty good, wasn't it? Uh, you'll be back next time I mean, give you this.
1: Yeah. If yeah. you didn't
2: like it, he would say things like new, different. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back.
1: <laughs> there was a, oh God, man. And I mean, they never really say the name, but I think I read something with Paul Reiser was like talking about it or whatever, but there was one comic they said that went on and bombed and they, I don't know if it's a legend or what, but they said he was never heard from again. (laughs) And I feel like that's extreme, but could it really make and break you? Like, I know it can make you, but could it break you like that? If you had a bad set? Well, it could break you uh, psychologically, certainly. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You
2: go on the Carson show and bomb and you just, you know, you feel like pulling out a gun and, uh, right. Taking care of it. Right. uh, Yeah. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun with Johnny. Then I only, I did it like five times, but only once with Johnny. And I, I was lucky. I had a really good shot that night with Johnny. Did and, then, he and, did then I, and then I, and then I started doing uh, Letterman pretty regularly.
1: Nice. And Johnny was a big magic guy too, right? Did he know your dad oh, yeah. work and stuff?
2: Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, at the 1991 affiliates convention, I was on a show called Nurses on NBC. Nice. And um, Johnny was backstage. hmm and nobody knew why and uh so i had somebody run over and get me a deck of cards and i kind of sidled up next to johnny and i said johnny did you ever do one of these and then i did a move but i did it real badly you know uh-huh. and so it's purposely and so johnny said geez that's uh that's kind of interesting let me show you what i do <sighs> and he took me backstage
1: nice. and
2: we had this little magic <clears throat> session together mm-hmm. and that's oh, something wow. i will never forget as long as i live wow and that's then, great and then about about a minute later, he walked out on stage and announced his retirement. Wow! wow. Holy to everyone's shit. shock, I mean, oh he just, my god, the crowd just didn't know what to do. Wow,
1: that's so, crazy, man. A pretty cool night. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I remember
2: I was wearing sneakers that night, and he looked at me. And he goes, "Hey Jeff, those are the only shoes you could afford." <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's amazing. And then you you became came really close with Letterman when you did his show or was it back at the store when you met him? Back
2: at the store. Well, we, we, we started our friendship when neither of us, uh, you know, had had a penny. And uh, nice. uh, yeah. And uh, Dave, uh, Dave was a great friend uh, then. And he still is a great friend.
1: Right. Was his was his like, did you did you. You know guys talk about what you wanted to do as far as your careers were going like did he say anything about you know the talk show game and you were talking about acting and doing that kind of thing was well, it ever dave, like
2: dave was smart he never talked too much about what he wanted to do but in his head he knew exactly what he wanted to do wow you know? and uh, uh he knew that he wanted to have his own show a uh, talk show of some sort and the way to do it was through stand-up which he claims he hated
1: yeah, he always, right. that always breaks my heart because it. I, he's such a funny dude. Oh, he is a funny dude.
2: And, he, and his stand up was funny.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Was, you know,
2: very dry, but very funny. And he, you know, he'd had a, a little turn of a phrase. I remember before, one of the first things he did when he came out, he goes, Boy, uh, uh, McDonald's is serving uh, uh, ribs. Mm boy, there's a dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to eat chicken ribs? <laughs>
1: he's i i love comics that are like that man because it's like it's the same way with musicians and singers and shit like that too it's like if they're almost like an acquired not an acquired taste but it's like some people don't like bob dylan because they say he can't sing but to me bob dylan's a stylist it's a particular he's not going to sing ballads but if you but he's a great lyricist and you kind of love the way he does what he does and it's the same thing with like letterman's got that dry kind of wit and a lot of you guys, I feel like back then had that your own unique style where now I feel like you can turn on Colbert and I could not tell you who the fuck was on stand up wise. <laughs> they all kind of have the same cadence, same rhythm. Well, it's different
2: now. I think comics now <clears throat> are more into kind of telling stories mm. and, and, and making it funny as you, as they go along. Right. In, in my day, it was more like set up joke, set up joke. And, uh, you know, little thing. I mean, I was very physical when I started. I, my 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 comedy was all you know. I'd come out and introduce myself, smash my head on a bar stool, fall down, you know, uh, jump up on top of the stool and do Raymond Burr. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can remember anybody
2: remember? People were going, "Who was Raymond Burr?" No. Who, <laughs> Raymond Burr? Who was Raymond Burr?
1: We'll throw a graphic up and when we we'll edit it, <laughs> that'd she, be good. Got a
2: wide enough screen. Yep. <laughs>
1: Is there anybody in the beginning that you kind of emulated that you kind of like, like really looked up to? And and, because every comic I feel like has that.
2: Yeah, there was a guy who performed at the comedy store. And uh, to my way of thinking, maybe was one of the top five comics that I ever saw perform. And his name was Tim Thomerson.
1: Oh, wow. I don't know him.
2: Yeah. A lot of people don't know Tim is a stand up. They know him as an actor. And uh, he's been called the king of grade B movies or not B movies rather.
1: Really? And, uh,
2: and yeah, it, it, I don't know if you remember a film called Trancers.
1: No, I don't think so.
2: Uh, okay, well, you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but keep. This is good, though. Keep. I'm, I'm well, still interested. Tim,
2: Tim was the kind of guy who, you know, everybody would go on, and then 11:30, Thomerson would go on. Tim Thomerson, and, and and the place would just empty. It was over. And if you wow. had to follow him, you know, you were going. Well, oh, good evening. It's, where are you from, sir? And that was it. You know, there was one person sitting there, you know. but he was tremendous. And he, he, he gave me the idea that the shit you did in high school could be funny on stage.
1: Yeah. You
2: know, and you know, that, that, that silly, stupid kind of, uh, smarmy humor could be made into stage comedy. And, and so I had plenty of that. And And he was the guy that gave me that notion.
1: Wow well because i was tom was talking about earlier what we remember you from i remember you in tiny tunes when i was a kid oh my gosh yeah and i and i loved that character but was it like how did you wind up getting into voice acting
2: well i you know as i said i had my fingers into a lot of pies i just did uh, <laughs> i just did
1: uh <laughs> i'm just thinking about what you said about the pies earlier so now i'm just laughing again no
2: it reminds me of a funny thing once i once i was home from college and uh it's so stupid. No one's gonna <laughs> laugh. It's not a joke. It's a, I, I was home from college. And I, I was I was I still I, I was just about to have my first sexual experience. And my mm-hmm. father came down, it was like four o'clock in the morning. I'm in the refrigerator eating something. And I said, Dad, you got to talk to me about sex. And my dad had his pants up to his chin. And he said, well, okay, buddy. Why don't you just smell my finger? <laughs> <laughs> you had to be there for this joke. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, anyway, uh, oh, <laughs>
1: oh, I don't even—I don't know. I'm—I I'm, can't stop thinking about pie. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, should have gotten some pie on the way home. Yeah, sure. Uh fucking hey. Uh we we're talking about <laughs> oddly <laughs> enough, we were talking about a children's show. Please continue.
2: <laughs> I hope the kids
1: are listening. <laughs> I was talking about my childhood memories of you on Tiny Tunes Adventures,
0: please. Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, used uh to the guy that directed that uh, awful show, I say awful, but that I had a lot of fun <laughs> on, Pink Lady, was the head writer, and his name was Mark Evanier. Oh, wow. And Mark uh, was a cartoonist as well as a, a voice director, and so hired me to do a, a bunch of stuff uh, as voiceover for cartoons. Nice. And the, the one character I remembered was this guy, uh, Professor Dweeb. Mm-hmm. And I used to talk like this. Well, yeah. okay, today we're going to pick up our science and our pencils and stick them up our ass. Hey! Nice <laughs> <day. Bye. laughs> and, and so I auditioned and I got the part. And uh, uh. so I did that character for a while. And then I did a few other characters. But I got a chance to hang around some of the real great uh, voiceover guys. Like there was a guy named um, Uh oh, here goes the memory. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Welker.
1: Oh, Frank Welker. Um, Scooby-Doo, right?
2: Oh, everything. He did, yeah. A lot of the voices you heard were were, were Frank Welker. Yeah. He just, he just was amazing. He, he could do anything. Oh, my God. He, he that's was, so his, cool. His voice was so elastic. Right. And he became a good buddy. And uh, he also did stand-up, too.
1: Oh, I didn't know, know Frank Welker yeah. did stand-up. Frank
2: Welker did stand-up. Very good stand-up.
1: He was... Um, uh oh what the fuck dude it's contagious because now i can't think of her uh who's the woman who does bart simpson's voice nancy nancy, nancy cartwright? Um, cartwright uh she um frank welker took her under his wing and helped her like hone her voice and stuff and for voice acting stuff i think she like wrote him a letter really that's cool yeah it is yeah. cool yeah that's frank awesome. was a
2: very nice guy really as nice as you could find
1: he was like oh. Carl Lebove in that respect. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I feel like all those all those guys who were like voice actors and stuff like back in the day too just just seemed to have a good heart about it. Like if, if you were interested in their profession, they were like, "Cool, let's let's sit down and talk about it and, you know, if you had any talent, they'd help you." True.
0: Um what would, what do you remember? You were going to say you know him from. Uh, I was gonna, All right, so there were two that I think okay. you stood out most. But number 1 definitely as a kid, Love the Dukes of Hazard. And you were Boss Hogg's nephew. I like I was. That I, was
2: I was Huey Hogg. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boss. What do you, what, do you, what 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 is that white suit on you for? Why are you so damn fat? <laughs> see, yeah, they put a big padded suit on me, and they made me Boss Hog's nephew, and, I, and they put a show around me every season. And oh uh, wow. That was a lot of fun actually. I had, I mean, that was like doing old TV because the directors were guys that had directed Lone Rangers and Matt oh, Dillons wow. and stuff. And wow. it was really like doing TV from the fifties and sixties. So it was, uh, it was very interesting. And, uh, I got along real well with with everybody, you know. And, you know, Daisy Duke wasn't bad looking, so. (laughs) That that would get you to the set every day. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you still keep in touch with any of those guys? Anybody still around from the set?
2: Oh, no. No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No. At least... At least you took that better than fucking Alan did when I was talking. I, I was telling you backstage, but I admit, dude, I don't know what was wrong. I think I had like a crack blackout. I don't know. I have no excuse, right? But Alan Havy was on. I'm talking to Alan. And he said, you said something. And he was like, yeah, me. And he said, Bob Altman. And I swear to God, I didn't hear him say Uncle Bob. Dirty.
0: So Uncle it D- followed Uncle Dirty right after he oh, said no, Bob Altman. Uncle
1: Dirty is there was a Bob Altman, Uncle Dirty.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. but
1: I lit- literally, like, in between Bob Altman and Uncle Dirty, my brain didn't hear Bob. I heard Altman, and I thought this will be a good way to connect with my guest that I really don't know. And I said, "Oh, he's coming on the show <laughs> <laughs> later this week." And Alan, in the mo- just with all the disgust he could muster, oh looked at God. me and went, "Well, he's been dead." For quite some time, John and I was like, "Fuck!" And I had nothing. Oh. I couldn't get out. And he was just like, and he, "I think he called me." He was like, uh, he was like "That actually, was some."
2: I actually didn't know that. I didn't know Uncle Dirty uh, uh, when I hit the dirt, but
1: uh... I didn't know when Uncle Dirty existed. I thought there was one Altman, and it was you. <laughs> and uh, I, by gum, I was gonna make that connection, but I fucked it up. Yeah, yeah. no fault of your own. Yeah, and now I think Alan hates me. <laughs> Yeah, but that was great. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, I'm pissed off the son of a bitch didn't mention me now. <laughs> no, he's a great comic, comic.
1: He's good. He's great. Yeah, he's he's awesome. He'll never speak to me again, but he's great. Oh, oh God. Oh, so that so was we well, go ahead. Oh yeah, you're sorry. You were you are so
0: good. I said two was yeah. for some reason your face to me will always be the face of Arby's. Because legitimately, I remember you from being <laughs> that, the Arby's guy. I don't know why, but it's stuck right there.
2: Yeah, there's there's a poster my wife has put up in the house of me going with a big old hamburger. Just- <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I always attributed Jon Stewart and Arby's fake feud to you being, to them, to them having you as a comedian do their Arby's stuff in the beginning. Because Arby seems to have a great sense of humor about itself.
2: I guess. I don't know. I was the spokesman for Arby's for about a year. and Right. Uh, um, uh, it was a lucrative gig. And, you know, so I did it. And uh, uh, and they let me do, uh, in a lot of the commercials that you didn't see, they let me do a lot of my up uh, Oh,
1: nice. Really? Yeah.
2: And, uh, you know, the, the, the stuff I used to do were, you want a butt steak, big and good, hot and spicy,
1: sweet and meaty?
2: All well, <laughs> right, we'll come out into Arby's. We've got the meats and so do I. He, I.
1: <laughs> that was I, before I, we got the meats. Yeah. <laughs> before the meats, it was just complaints. And then we yeah. got the meats and it really picked up.
2: <laughs> yeah, I remember I remember that we couldn't we couldn't call Arby's. We had to say, come in and get your Arby sandwich because in Canada. You couldn't say meats because it was processed uh, uh, roast beef. Oh wow! Yeah, it was. It was kind of. It was put together with like uh, mud. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> so something. So, You had to say sandwich. Come in and get your Arby's sandwich <laughs> with was, Arby's roast beef sandwich.
1: Or something. Arby's, we've got the diphtheria. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh. <laughs> Is there, so w- was there a particular gig that sticks out in your mind, whether it's acting or comedy where you were like, holy shit, I made it. Well, strangely enough,
2: I live now in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, and uh, I think the best gigs I ever did were here, uh, I don't know, does a uh, place called Charlie Goodnights ring a bell? Yes, absolutely. Legendary, yeah, it's yeah, still here and it's still kind of the big club in Raleigh. They call it Goodnights now. They dropped the Charlie.
1: And it's yeah, they did. By,
2: yeah. Owned by different people.
1: Yeah, unfortunately. But
2: I I remember my best shows, I think, being down here. I mean, just great audiences. Yeah. And then I used to do a character called the Dog Man of Chamonix. (laughs) And um, I I would come out and say, I am not a man. And I am not a dog. I am a dog man. I am the dog man of Chamonix. (laughs) And it would go on from there. People were sitting there going, what the fuck is
1: happening? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> this isn't funny. But <laughs> anyway, it caught on. The audience started doing it. And so they made up T-shirts of, of the Dog Man of Chamonix and they started selling them. And then they started using my voice in their commercials, which they weren't supposed to do. And we got into some lawsuit sh- shit with them. And uh, uh, I never returned to the club.
1: Oh, uh, my God. Wow. Well, you got to make return. It... Do, you, do you miss stand up?
2: Mm, oh. that's, that's a great question, John. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Uh, I do I guess I do but I, I, I'm, I'm able to work in, in, in the sleight of hand close up sleight of hand that I do I'm able to work in some some That's some, good. Of the, some of the bits uh, not not the real physical bits mm. not, not jumping up on top of a barstool and doing <laughs> Raymond Burr
1: <laughs> but uh, you just yeah, do I, Raymond Burr doing sleight of hand <laughs> <laughs> why
2: not go for broke? <laughs> bring me in a young Tongan boy <laughs>
1: that's so great how long did it take you to perfect the sleight of hand stuff and and is it like is it is it the same as stand-up in that you have to fail publicly every time uh i think
2: you you go always and no matter what you uh, decide to make a career out of there are failures that you must go through Mm
1: -hmm. don't you don't you think i agree Yeah. yeah i agree
2: yeah and that's the only way you learn and in in sleight of hand and specifically uh, card magic which is what i do mm-hmm. um it never stops because uh, one of my teachers a guy named frank thompson in baltimore told me that if you spent your whole life doing card magic you would only scratch the surface so that gives you an idea of
0: wow. Wow. how
2: much there is to know about cards you yeah. know there's the, there's the gambling side of it there is the um card trick side of it there's the mentalism side of it there's Mm -hmm. there's a lot of facets to to, to doing uh, card so close-up card magic
1: wow i there was one the other day that i've been uh oddly enough been practicing because somebody was like displaying it online or whatever and it's the simplest one ever but it's basically the one where you like uh uh you hold it like behind your middle finger or whatever and extend it to make it disappear I still find that incredibly difficult to do. And I don't know why. And I feel like I'm just retarded. Practice. <laughs> like, like it's like, the I, like the guy does it and it's so quick and it's super slow. And he's like, all you do is like stick your, you know, stick it behind your middle finger, bend it back. And then the card disappears and I'm doing it. And I cannot for the life of me. I'm like, what is wrong with me? I don't
2: know if you can see this, but I think what you're talking about is, is probably something like this. Let's see you're let uh, me you get my hand you, you get your hand there and then all of a sudden the car yes yes
1: yes I, how the flying uh, man it looks I was trying to videotape myself doing it to see if I could actually do it and I, it's not working <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, you have a stand-up career
1: no <laughs> <laughs>
0: What John's asking is if he fails doing that in public enough times, will he get it?
1: Yeah. I'm yeah. like, can you yeah. teach me? I'll come to Raleigh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I do like doing it? I learned this just in hotel rooms. This is so sad. Just being bored. After you get done masturbating, you just do this shit. So it's just like, like I love throwing cards. I, I really got good at doing that. Like exactly like into a bucket or wherever, you, you know, like you're just trying to challenge yourself. That is R- endless fun to me.
2: Do you guys know the name Ricky J? No. Yeah. You know it, Tom? You know?
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm a little bit more into like card magic type of stuff because I'm. I'm I deal with more gambling things, so I'm. I'm super enthralled by this, But go ahead. Sorry. Ricky
2: Jay was uh, maybe called the greatest land. Sl- I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ricky Jay was considered by some people the greatest sleight of hand artist of uh, maybe the 20th century, mm-hmm. and he was a very close friend of mine. He passed away uh, yeah. like two, two, three years ago, and. Uh, he could throw cards farther than anyone who ever lived. Wow. And once he threw a card over the Magic Castle. What? Holy shit. Yeah.
0: And he would throw that. cards
2: in his act, and he could just just sail these bastards out. And, and, and man, it was, it was like watching the, uh, animation.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Is there a video of him doing it over the Magic Castle?
2: No, but you can go on YouTube and type up Ricky Jay, who's got millions of hits, and yeah. watch him, watch him do his stuff. And if you really want to see something uh, impressive, dial up Ricky Jay and his mm-hmm. fifty-two assistants. Okay. And <laughs> that's the name of it. And, wow. And, uh, uh, it, it's a show that he uh, he performed in Chicago, L.A., and New York, and became very famous as a result.
1: Oh,
0: sweet! And yeah, he was a very about. close friend. That's I'm awesome. looking forward to that. I, yeah. You know what I loved? And you you ever see the beginning intro to Shade where they have the glass table? And then they they show all of the magicians doing passes. Yes, it it's a, blows my mind. It's, that it's is like, wild. Yeah, how do you know cool... about,
2: how, how do you know about passes?
0: <laughs> well, i'm telling you like i i totally Kid. like yeah i totally jumped into it because when i started seeing some of this stuff i'm like it's mind-boggling so I've, yeah. I've wanted to visit the magic castle forever so i think i might do i might be doing an la trip somewhere in january i'm hoping john's gonna be there the same time oh my god that's and listen great. guys listen
2: listen listen if you guys uh, call me and, and let me know uh, i will arrange for you guys to get into the castle Oh, it's a, private cl- it's a private club and it's not easy to get into. You got to have a pass or know somebody or something, but get in touch and I'll, I'll, I'll set it all up. Oh, oh
0: that'd be, be fantastic. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Thank absolutely. you. absolutely. But I'm so enthralled by it. I feel like it's so great. Like when you watch somebody that's great at doing it, we had a guest mm-hmm. on one of our, we did a couple of fundraisers with, with comedians. Me and John have hosted a few of them and Eric Jones who does a lot of coin magic out of Philadelphia? Mm. He's supposed to be like one of the better coin sleight of hand magicians, one of the best coin sleight of hand magicians. He did some crazy stuff, like during the fundraiser, and like yeah. snapped and turned the card into a watch. Blew my mind. I could I could watch it over and over, and I'm like, I can't I can't see it. I couldn't see where it happened. You turned a card
2: into a watch.
0: Yeah, he was showing a card, snaps, and <laughs> turns into a watch. I'm like, I could That's pause cool. it. Yeah, I couldn't catch it. I was like, wow, that was mind blowing. Yeah, it's so much yeah. fun. Do you get the same? Do you get all right? So I know a lot of people feed off of different things. So the energy from comedy feeds the soul as much as the paycheck at the end of it. Do you get the same type of feeding of, of your uh of your energy and soul from magic? Does it give you the same well, magic is
2: like comedy in, in that, you know, so you can tell a joke and i was i was at a little party here on the street the other night just neighbors and i told somebody i told it i think i told told john this joke off camera Mm -hmm. Uh, a guy goes in for a prostate exam and uh doctor says all right now if you'll just put your hands on the table and steady yourself now don't get an erection billy and the guy looks up and says billy my name isn't billy my name is ted he said, oh, I'm sorry, my name is Billy. <laughs> <laughs> so I told this to one of my neighbors, and he just went, uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> and certainly the greatest sleight of hand artist of the 20th century, uh, alongside Ricky Jay and others, was a man named Dive Vernon.
1: Oh, and, I know. Uh, Dive
2: Vernon, he was uh, the master, and uh, he, uh, he, he he always said you know he used to talk like this he said you, you know you can't just walk over to somebody uh, with with a, a man with a woman and, and say I'm going I'm going to fool you now watch this because it'll piss <laughs> them off <laughs> so so you got to do it gently you know you got to say listen maybe I even sometimes will say after I've come away fooling people I said ah you know your husband knew exactly what I was doing and he also uh... did that. and he didn't he didn't know a fucking thing (laughs) right You made him feel good you know yeah that's that's what it's all i mean the bottom line is you want to make either people laugh or be amazed or come away
1: feeling okay you know yeah which i feel like is the exact opposite of comedy though because i've tried to separate people from their spouses (laughs) I'm i'm like she's way too hot to be with you can we get that can we figure that out or want to make him look like an idiot Uh, Uh, (laughs) oh my god well we have we're getting towards the end of the program i got a couple questions for you that we ask every guest sure um so i'm gonna lay them out for you uh first one is if you can go back in time and give yourself a piece of advice that would help you today what would it be
2: don't get so angry don't don't be such Mm -hmm. a a a nitpicker uh uh, just hold, hold hold your tongue uh, don't, 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 uh, think that you're, you're in, you're in so much in control of things, kind of go with the, the ebb and flow of, of stuff. I mean, I was on a show on NBC in 1990 that went for three years called nurses. Mm-hmm. And I, I, uh, I was, uh, one of the very important people on the show uh, in the first season and, and the writers as many, I'm sure you guys agree, uh, writers on some of the sitcoms you see, you say yourself Oh, Jesus God, how did this ever get on? Right. <laughs> so they, they sent me a page of dialogue and I mm-hmm. looked at it and I said, I can't do this to myself. I said you can I can't read this. Right. And I sent the page back to the writers. Oh wow. Well, oh, I wasn't oh, on oh. the second year. Wow. Oh, man. So um, man. That's the kind of thing you, you try to avoid. You try to you try to be friends with friends with as many people as you can. Not be so heady and so cocky, and uh, not that I was cocky, but but I, 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 my temper would flare too quickly. I think
1: that's good advice, especially great advice. Yeah, exactly. It's good for the. I know for Tom's pointing at me. I'm like (laughs) like, particularly. (laughs) (laughs) I I keep it pretty good. I just do it in in private.
2: Some club owners. I remember I was in uh, uh, Beaumont, Texas, one night, Mm. and uh, playing a club, and the guy gave me a check. And I, I wasn't leaving till the next day, so I thought, well, I'll go to this bank and uh, I'll, I'll cash the check. Well, yeah. didn't cash. So I went to the guy's house like around eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's happening, man? <laughs>
1: the,
2: the check bounced, and and he actually went back to the club and had to pay me in cash. Wow, wow,
1: that's great though. That those stories I eat up because oh. I like we all I have like millions when... of them, don't we? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you have to make that real awkward decision where I remember one time there was a situation similar to that. And I confronted the guy in the club and my friends were actually there at another table. And they were like, we saw your face from across the room. And we knew (laughs) immediately something was up. And I was like, oh, really? Because I was like, I like I made that decision where I started marching into the back room. And I was like, they they didn't pay me what they said they were going to pay me. And I was like, there's a fucking problem here.
2: Oh, man. I was in Arizona. I was in Arizona one night and the club owner came over to me uh uh trying to plead that he didn't he just didn't have the money for the gig and i wow. had done well that week and he said he, he was a he, you know he was a, he was a druggie and he, he came over and he said look into my eyes man what do you see and i said i see a lot of cocaine <laughs> <laughs> and uh i finally ended up getting paid but uh it was tough wow.
1: Yeah, isn't it crazy, man? It's just like the simplest fucking thing. You do the job, you get paid, you go home, and people have to make it difficult. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, All right, and the second question is, what had to end in your life, be it good or bad, that led you to where you are today?
2: What had to end?
1: Yeah, what had to end?
2: Let me think. Uh, I think my notion of wanting to be... Uh, a funny magician hmm. uh, that that had to come to a a conclusion at some point, and I and I realized that I, I was much uh, better suited to being in front of the camera or on stage than you know sitting at a table going pick a card. Would you pick, pick? Just pick a card? Okay. <laughs> and now, fortunately, that's what I'm doing. Right. Uh, <laughs>
1: Amazing, so great. Um, well, this has been a blast, man. Thanks so you much for doing it, dude. It's been a lot of fun. I'm glad it really
0: has. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I hope that you. hang out in person. We got to get to Raleigh. I, I yeah. want to go to one of these magic shows. We
1: should. We should go to. We should absolutely. We should all do good nights. You should come and do a a, a guest spot or a car. whatever you want to do. Just come on stage with me. I'll do my five minutes. Great, <laughs> perfect. Minute. Yes.
2: I'll I'll tell I'll tell the joke I just told you guys a minute ago and get nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. We'll be, Guys, but we will be in. Lot. No problem, man. Take care. <laughs> Thank
0: you. It's such nice a pleasure. You. Thanks yeah, again, man. Take care. Have see a great you. one. He was amazing. Amazing. Absolutely we got to see him.
1: If, if you are coming out to LA, man, make sure it's around, I'm going January 29th. I'll be in Vegas. And then I'm doing a one nighter there, uh, at a fucking place. I cannot remember.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. We'll edit that. Well, Don't worry.
1: Cool. Yeah. yeah. We'll I'll put it in and I'll mouth <laughs> it now. And then we can splice it in later. Uh, um, <laughs> <that'll be it. laughs> I don't want to do it with a shocked expression on my face. Like, I can't believe I'm going to be there. Um, But yeah, I'm doing it then, and then I'm going to drive out the next day.
0: I'm looking to... forward to it, man. I feel like the Magic Castle is epic. That was such a great combo overall. If you missed any of it, make sure you tune into us. We're at John Paul Veromo on Dystopia tonight on YouTube. Or you can check us out on Apple, Spotify, any way you listen to your podcast. Make sure you do it. And if you want to join us live, come come join us on Twitch, Dystopia Tonight. Yes. And in a Thank half an you. hour,
1: we'll be uh, with Jonathan Stark. So, yes. um, yeah, get ready.
0: It's Tony's brother, yep. Iron Man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like how I nodded completely full of shit. Like, I have no idea what Tom's talking about.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Dirty's coming on right I'm after
1: like, him. Vox, I got to look him up. I have no idea the fuck. <laughs>
0: that was a great story (laughs) have a great one guys we will see you all in about a half hour
1: dystopia
2: tonight
1: dystopia tonight